Hey, welcome to Emmanuel. We are uh, wrapping up a series today called Life is Better T- uh, Together. And if you're a guest with us here, we hope your experience has been a good one thus far from the time you pulled onto the parking lot. I hope you got some coffee and uh, just felt at home here. So uh, we like to have fun in church, but we also like to be serious. And so uh, this is one of those series where we, uh, we're having a little fun. We're also challenging uh, ourselves to, uh, to get in, the, in community groups and into small groups. And so uh, if you were here the last couple of weeks, you know we've been talking about this idea that when we live in isolation, we're the greatest threat to ourselves and to other people because we don't receive the love that we need, the wisdom that we need, the accountability we need to stop us from drifting away from God and also the support that we need. And uh, so I challenge you in week one to kind of sign up for a group. And then last week we talked about this idea that all of us tend to be hearers and not doers. And uh, we all tend to hear stuff and go, oh yeah, I should do that, and then fail to execute. And what we said last week was that the likelihood of us becoming a doer, and therefore growing and becoming the person that God wants us to be, increases if we choose to live in the context of a community group or a small group. And so hopefully uh, you signed up last week. In fact, in the last two weeks, we've seen over 500 people sign up for groups. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Now, that brings our total, if, if all of those folks, if all of you folks who signed up actually uh, get in a group starting uh, September 11th, and that, that week of September 11th, we'll have just shy, if we count our high school students who are in small groups as well, if we count our high school students, we're just shy of 2,000 people inside of groups churchwide. Isn't that exciting? Very, very exciting. And some of you are not that excited about it because you are the holdouts. You are the late, they call, the, uh, they call you folks the late adapters, or adapters, or uh, whatever that is uh, there. So you're the folks that are saying, yeah, I've heard the last two weeks, and I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, and, and I have my reasons, and maybe your reasons are that you're very, very busy, uh, that uh, you really don't feel like you need to be in a group. Uh, maybe you feel like uh, you don't want people in your house. <laughs> there's one, there's a good reason. And so you're afraid that somebody's going to say, hey, let's, why don't you host? And, and then all, you got all these people in your house. And maybe you don't want to go to other people's houses. Uh, maybe you don't want people uh, to know about um, the details of your life. And so you're like, see, that's what, you know, I don't want people in my business. And maybe you just don't like people. And uh, so if, if that's the problem, you know, there's another series we'll do for you. Uh, <laughs> need a little help there. Um, but uh, maybe you've had a bad experience in the past, and you're like, you know what, I've tried group, and, and it was, went bad, and so I'm not going to do it again. Whatever the reason is, you have your reasons, and, and you've, you've been a holdout. You haven't signed up yet. So here's what I want to do for the next couple of minutes. I want to talk to you holdouts, you, you late adapters. Uh, one of my favorite classes in college at Liberty uh, University, greatest school uh, on the earth. If you have a high school student, I think they should go there. Anyway, um, one of my favorite classes there was persuasive speech. And at that time, I, I wasn't planning on being a pastor. I was, had some other plans or whatever. not really sure what they were. But anyway, um, <laughs> I love that class because you had to get up and give like this 10-minute speech where you had to move somebody from, from here to there, and you had to give them all the reasons why. And, and so that's what I'm really going to try to do today. I'm going to try to persuade you with all of my, you know, verbal skills to go from here to there, from not in a group to signing up for a group. So I'm just telling you that's what I'm going to try to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. You are helpless. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool if I could just do a Jedi Knight thing over you? Uh, no, I'm just having some fun. Anyway, so, but that is what I'm going to try to do. So this is my last shot, okay? Because this is a three-week series. This is week number three. Here's what I want to start with. Ready? Here's why you need to be in a group if you're not in a group. Group life is, say it with me, preventative. A little bit better, a little bit better. It is what? 
preventative. We all believe in prevention. If I were to get into your life and do some investigating, and I looked around and I poked around, I would see that you take preventative measures at least in some area. It could be your teeth. We've been talking a lot about teeth recently. I would find out probably that you brush once or twice a day. Some of you brush three times a day. Some of you actually take the extra step to floss and use mouthwash. And what you're doing is taking preventative measures, right? You're trying to avoid cavities in the future or bad breath of some sort, or you're trying to do something to prevent something there, right? Or maybe you take your car in every 3,000 miles to get an oil change. How many of you actually do that? You should do that if you don't do that. Those of you who do take your car in for the oil change and the, you know, the rotate the tires and all these different things, maybe you get a tune-up or whatever, you are taking preventative measures so that you don't end up on the side of the highway one day broken down. Am I right? Some of you eat healthy and you take vitamins. Anybody, any vitamin takers out there? Yeah? Yes? Yeah? Yeah, take vitamins. I'm hit and miss with vitamins. Sometimes I buy some and then they stay in the, in the cabin. I, I don't forget to take them. But some of you are faithful in taking your vitamins and what you're trying to do is take some preventative measures maybe to avoid some sicknesses in the future and you, you eat, try to eat a healthy diet so you can avoid certain things. All of us at some level believe in prevention. Here's what I want to say to you today. Small group, at least one reason, one major reason why I believe you should be in a small group is because it is preventative and it's preventative in two ways. In your notes there, let me talk about the first one. Small group is preventative in the sense that it stops things or prevents things from spiraling out of control or getting worse after a fall. And all of us will go through a fall at some point. Small group provides the environment where after a fall takes place, whether it's a financial fall or you lose your job or you get the sickness or someone, someone passes away or something happens in your life, that after the fall, there's a group of people there that can pick you up after you fall down. When it comes to falls, there's two types. There's, there's no-fault falls. These are the things that, that just happen to you that it's not your fault. Accidents, you know, someone gets sick or something like that. Um, you know, the, 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 the company downsizes and you get let go or whatever, and, and these, are, these are not your fault. And then there are your fault falls. You get that? Say that one five times. Your fault falls, your fault falls, your fault falls. Okay, that's silly. Um, but these are the things that, these are the things that, these are the knuckleheaded things that you do. Right? You didn't think the situation through, and you made a bad choice, and you, you started dating that guy. I mean, some of you are like, why did I ever start dating that guy? It's like, oh, that's your fault. <laughs> okay, you didn't ask around. You didn't kind of find out how he treats his mother. Like, you didn't find out how he spends his money, like, right? So you didn't find out how he treats his dog. And so because you didn't, you know, you married a jerk or whatever. Anyway, so that's your fault. See? We all make those knuckleheaded decisions and choices, and, and so. But either way, either way. When you go through a fall, listen, small group is preventative in the sense that it prevents things from getting worse. In the first week of this series, we looked at a verse in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. In verse 9, it says that two are better than one because they have a better return for their labor. But watch what happens in verse 10. If, ev if either of them falls down, which will happen, one can help the other up. And see, there is the power of the small group. You have someone there to support you when you go through the difficulty or the fall. But pity, now this word, this Hebrew word here is whoa. It just simply means wow, watch out, this is terrible, it's awful, it's a terrible thing for anyone to fall when he or she does not have someone there to help them up. It's an awful thing, whoa, pity, terrible. 
What I'm here to tell you today is, man, would you consider getting in a group? Would you consider getting in a group? Because when you go through a fall, and you will, it's just a matter of time, you will have a group of people there to help you so that things don't get any worse. You know, as a pastor, I run into people often that their lives are really a wreck on multiple levels. It's like a quagmire of, of on every front there's fires. You know, you ever met someone like this? Maybe you're there today. It's like on every aspect of your life, relationships, financially, and when it comes to your job, there's just problem, 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 layer after layer after layer. Emotionally, spiritually, there's all kinds of stuff. And when I'm helping somebody like that, it's very difficult because it's like, well, where do you start? Like, <laughs> which fire do you start to put out at for, you know, first? But as I've done that over the past, you know, I don't know, decade of my life or so, and as I push in to find out the story behind the mess, usually what I find, and you tell me if you haven't done this or you figured this out as well, is that it all started with one fall. One fall. Way back when there was a, an, an abusive situation. And because that person went through that abusive situation without support, without the proper support, things started to spiral. And then they turned to maybe a substance to kind of ease the pain or soften the pain. And then that substance led to some relationships. And they got into and they got in with the wrong people. And then it spiraled and spiraled. Am I right? Yes or no? It usually goes back to this one situation where they dropped out of high school or they had a bad breakup or they lost their job or that one fall and it started to spiral and spiral and spiral. What would have happened? What would have happened if that person would have been in a group? A group of people who loved them and supported them and was able to catch them in their fall so things didn't get worse. That's why I believe everyone needs to be in a small group. And your notes, the way I wrote it is this. You need to do small group before you need it so that you can have support when you need it. And that's why a lot of us are not in small group. We're not in there because we're like, well, I don't need it. I'm not, I'm, everything's fine for now. See, if you don't do it when you don't need it, you won't have it when you need it. It's kind of like an emergency fund. A lot of us are Dave Ramsey fans. I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. Uh, not all 100%, but, but uh, I'm almost there. And, and he talks about having the emergency fund, you know, three to six months expenses. And a lot of us don't like that because it's like, well, it's, you know, it's fine. I don't need it. Everything's going fine. And then the emergency hits and we don't have it. And then we're going credit cards and we're doing stuff and we don't have the money because we, we, we've been living without it. Small groups like an emergency fund. You need to have it when you go through that fall. Does that make sense? And if you don't have it, before, you're not going to have it when you need it. So it's preventative. Now, let's talk about the second way that small group is, is preventative. It's preventative in, this, in the sense that it stops things from happening in the first place. <laughs> this is, I, I really like this a lot. It stops things from happening in the first place. You know, the Bible says one of my favorite verses in Proverbs is Proverbs 22, verse 3. It says that the prudent person, the wise person, can foresee danger. They can kind of look out ahead and then they can see dangerous situations coming and they take precautions. But foolish people or simpletons, simpletons, they just keep on going blindly and they suffer the consequences. I love this passage. I used to preach this at the teenagers all the time when I was the high school pastor because, you know, they can't see a lot of things, right? And, and, and they don't have the life experience. So I would tell them, you know, I would kind of explain this verse to them. There are people, here, here's what I want to share with you today. There are people that can see stuff 
that you can't see. There are wise people, whether it's because they have gone through the valley themselves or whether it's because they've, they've studied, studied the situation or, or they've made the stupid choices themselves and they've lived to tell the story. Whatever the reason is, there are people out there that can see stuff that you and I cannot see, whether it's in the world of finances, whether it's in the world of relationships and marriage, or whether it's in the world of parenting children. They have, they have been around and they are wise and they are prudent and they can foresee situations and they take precautions. And then there are others who just keep on going blindly and suffer the consequences. See, small group is all about inviting these people, these folks into your life to help you to see. So that, so that there are some things that will just never happen. I was at uh, my favorite coffee shop this week and just sitting there, just enjoying a cup of coffee, just similar to this one right here. And um, I was sitting on the patio and it had been raining for two days or so straight. Remember all the rain we got? It's crazy. And uh, sitting there, just reading, doing some writing, and these two girls walk out. They're probably, you know, I don't know, one was 20, one was 15. I think they were doing some sort of mentoring uh, tutor situation. And they go over to sit down on the, the, uh, the new couches that's over there, uh, their cloth couches out on the patio. And it had been raining, like I said, for about two days. And and so uh, I said, hey, 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 girls, you probably don't want to sit there, um, you know, because the cushions are wet. And so uh, they, they yeah, <laughs> I just remember it like it was yesterday. They looked at me like, okay, dad, whatever. <laughs> you know, and I know I'm starting to look like a dad, you know, because I'm like almost 40 now. So they gave me that look, you know, a little bit of a roll of the eyes. They look up, I mean, the, the sun is shining bright. So they're looking at me like, you're an idiot, you know how could these cushions be wet? So I'm like, whatever. Um, <laughs> so they go ahead and they sit on the couch. And I'm thinking, it's going to take about less than three minutes. I know, I know what's going to happen here. And so sure enough, they sit down and they get their books out and they start to do their little tutor thing or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I don't even think it took three minutes. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there going, wet, wet butt. <laughs> I mean, I... I know. And now that you have wet butt, your whole day is ruined because <laughs> it doesn't dry. And then if you stay with it, you get the next step, which is itchy butt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, have you lived through this situation? You know, when you don't take your bathing suit off for a while and you sit down and whatever. And so, uh, you know, their whole day was ruined. And I knew. And, and how did I know? Listen, how did I know? How, how did I, how was I able to foresee the danger? Here's how. I've been there. I've had the wet butt and the itchy butt that follows. Now, that's a funny example. That's a silly example, but it's, 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 it's true about all of life. There are some people that have sat down in that situation, that financial thing that you're about to sit in, and they'll go, oh, well, well you don't want to sit there. There are some people that have sat down in that marriage situation, that, that, that pattern that you're in right now, that destructive pattern that you're in right now with your spouse, whether it's with the way you guys fight or communicate. There are some people that have sat in that chair, and they say, oh, whoa, 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 you, you don't want to sit in that, because that'll lead to danger. Let me help you take some precautions. You need to change the way you speak to your spouse. Wife, you need to, you need to start to respect your husband. Husband, you need to start to be tender with your wife. 
Because if not, there's going to be some, some, some blow-ups coming your way. And so when you sit in a small group, you're sitting with people that, that can foresee the danger, and they can help you take precautions. And so therefore, because you're in this small group, or when you choose, the way I wrote it in your notes is, when you choose to live in a small group, it, it doesn't happen. I don't know what it is. It could be a divorce. It could be an affair. It could be, you know, provoking your teenager to anger to the point where they hate you. I don't know what it is, but it can be prevented because you have other people saying, whoa, 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 I've I've been down that road. You don't want to sit there. Because when you sit there, here's what's going to happen. You ever been in a situation where you've observed, you're observing a married couple and you're seeing them, you know, talk to each other in disrespectful tones or tone of voice or just talking over one another and and then maybe afterwards you talk to your spouse and you think, man, did you, if they continue down that path, it's going to lead somewhere. You ever been in a scenario like that or, or, or is it just me? And it doesn't come from a judgmental spirit or a prideful spirit or, or, or I'm better than you or self-righteous spirit. It doesn't come from that place. It just comes from a place of, hey, we've been married for 17 years and we've had some experience. We've kind of sat in that We've talked to each other like that before, and it didn't go well. And so if they don't kind of change course directions here, it's going to lead to some harm. See that? Or maybe, maybe you've observed some parents with their younger children, you know, three or four years old, and it's all cute, and they let little Johnny do whatever little Johnny wants to do. And they don't follow through on the discipline, and they, don't, they, don't, they, 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 they throw out a lot of threats, but they never, they never execute on the threat, right? And little Johnny's just kind of running, running the house, and, you, and afterwards, after you observe that, you talk to your spouse and say, mm-hmm, he's cute now. <laughs> but if they don't make some course corrections quick, he's going to be a terror at 13. Ever been there? And it's, again, it's not, a, it's not coming from a place of judgment or self-righteousness or pride. It's just coming from a place of, hey, we've, we've seen what good parents do. We've seen what some bad parents do. We've seen the, the product. We've seen the teenagers grow up. We've, seen, we've, we've been around for a while, and if they don't take precautions... It's going to be difficult. See, there are people that can foresee the danger and take precautions. And then there are simpletons or foolish ones that don't seek counsel and they don't live in the context of community that go on and they suffer the consequences. Group life is preventative. It prevents things from spiraling out of control after a fall and it prevents things from happening in the first place. Now, I want to share some amazing stats with you that we've discovered uh, over the last year. This is actually incredible. In the last year, because we have so many people living in small group with each other, I want you, I want you to see what, what has happened. 127 marriages have been saved because of groups here at this church. Isn't that incredible? 127. 63, watch this, 36, sorry, 36 high school students stayed pure. They chose, they did not have sex through high school. 400, listen to this, 400 adults avoided becoming workaholics. This is, that's incredible, 400. 65 adults didn't cheat on their spouse. Isn't that fantastic? And 223 adults of, uh, avoided substance abuse because of our group's uh, ministry here at this church. See, group life is preventative. Now, I know there's some of you that are sitting here looking at those stats and you're going, that's awesome, but how the heck do you know that? <laughs> And uh, the truth of the matter is we don't. (laughs) I just made all that up, just right there. (laughs) Just right out of my head. (laughs) I just lied to you in church. That's right, I did. (laughs) But I did it intentionally. I told God I was going to do it before I did it, so I think I'm okay. But (laughs) anyway, um, no, I'm trying to make a point. We don't know this. 
We don't know. We don't know if this is true. It's, it's not true. But something was prevented. We, don't, we can't measure it. And the reason we can't measure it is this right here. I love this. Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley said it this way. It's impossible to measure what didn't happen. We can't sit around and say how many marriages were saved or how many guys didn't cheat on their wife or wives didn't cheat on their husband. We don't know the number. I mean, how many cavities have you avoided because you brushed your teeth? I don't know. A lot. How many accidents have you not had because of your driver's education back, you know, when, or because you follow the rules on the, on the street? I don't know how many accidents. A lot? Would you say a lot? <laughs> right? How many sicknesses have you avoided because you try to take care of your body and you take your vitamins or you eat healthy? I don't know. I'm not sure. But, but for sure, it's something. Here's why. Because prevention works. But we can't measure it, so it's hard to sit here and go, let me give you the data that will convince you to say, oh my gosh, I need to be in a small group. I can't, can't do that because you can't measure what didn't happen. But as Benjamin Franklin said, and I believe this with all my heart, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's absolutely true. And that's what we're saying about small group. Small group is preventative. Would you please move from out of one into one because things will be prevented. Imagine with me for a moment here. Just go back into your life. Think about your parents, maybe your father. What would have happened if when your father went through his fall, whatever his fall was, whether it was a job loss or a divorce or something like that, What would have happened if he would have had a group of men around him who loved him and cared for him and caught him after he fell? What would have been prevented? What further damage would have been prevented? What would you, what would you as his son or daughter not had to go through because the small group rallied around him and caught him after his fall? What would you have not, what would you have been spared from going through? I don't know. I'm not the child of a divorce. But I know people who are children of divorce, and the pain that they talk about, the confusion as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 15-year-old, that that they should never have to deal with the tensions. They're not mentally or emotionally or spiritually ready to deal with that type of tension, but yet they had to go through it because dad and mom couldn't stay together. There's story after story after story after story. What could have been prevented had your father or your mother had a support group there? A divorce, a suicide, an alcoholic uh, addiction, some other sort of addiction, right? An absentee, maybe you had a father, but he was out in the garage all day. Maybe he was just absent from your life. What could have been prevented? See, small group is preventative. Now, fast forward to you, to you. Let's say you decide to join a small group. And you've got these little ones right now, or maybe you've got some middle schoolers, or maybe you've got some high schoolers or whatever, or maybe you're a grandparent or whatever. What could be prevented in their life because you chose to be in a small group? What it will not happen because you have a group of people in your life that are helping and speaking into your life, seeing things that you can't see, catching you after you go through a difficult time in your life? What will your, what will your kids be spared See, I, I don't ever want my children to go through a situation that they don't have to go through because daddy and mommy didn't have the support that we needed in our life. Does that make sense? Small group is preventative. Now, if I haven't convinced you yet, I want you to dial into the, the story of the McMillans. I think that their story captures what I'm trying to say 
in a much more vivid way in, in, in ways that I really can't even um, use words to describe. Check out their story. This will show you the power and the necessity of small group, the McMillans. If we didn't have a small group, having couples that loved us as one, I don't, I think that the strain of our marriage would be devastating. We had everyone around us praying with us together and showing us love as a couple, and I think it helped extremely. We started small group and then kind of in January, after several months of really getting to know everybody and starting to open up, um, we found out we were pregnant with our third child. Um, our second child, Miles, was about 14 months old in January and got his first pair of glasses for what we thought was a lazy eye. And we all thought he was cute and everybody celebrated with us. That's all it was. And it was just like another milestone that we all kind of just celebrated with each other. And then um, as time moved on, we found out um, it was right after Easter of that year when things started to progress and he had more symptoms, so we had to have him looked at. And um, come to find out, he had a childhood cancer called neuroblastoma. Um, that's a word you don't want to hear with your baby. You know, cancer and chemo and blindness all in two weeks. He'd been sedated and checked over probably 20 times by then. Um, initially, the doctor gave us a 15% chance of him surviving the cancer with everything he had going on. So I remember I remember pleading with God almost a thousand times a day, please just don't take my baby home yet. I know that he's his child and I just wanted to be able to hug him and put him to bed. We had a lot of family around supporting us and lifting us up, but if we didn't have those small group members to you know, just to be our closest friends that you really try not to bother your family with because they're grieving with you. Um, I was able to talk to the girls in my group one-on-one um, -on -one and just, they would just cry with me. And I don't know if I, I don't have friends outside of small group. They're your close friends that you actually let in. You have a lot of acquaintances, but not anyone that you would let into that personal space. And it was I think I would have bottled up and I would have broke down if I didn't have someone there to just pray with me. I believe had we not been plugged into a small group while we're going through these trials with Miles and, um, and just in life in general, um, I think it would have been much more challenging for us as a couple to, to just um, stay together throughout this process. Um, we needed other men and other women to, uh, to speak life to us. We needed other men and women to pray for us, to um, remind us. I also know that in my struggles with, uh, with alcohol and addiction, um, you know, that small group is a big tool uh, for me to use in order to continue walking and recovery and um, 
it's just a part of, of my life. As a mom and a wife, you can't fix everything, you know. I'm a nurse at, by trade, so I'm a fixer. And watching your family fall apart before your eyes, and there's nothing you can do. I gave Miles over to God a long time ago. We, we prayed over that when he was a baby. And then when the time came to know that if God wanted to take him, if he wanted him home, there's nothing I could do. And um, I didn't know if I could go through it if Brian wasn't sober. And I think our small group had a lot to do with our strength through that. He, they kept our accountability and, and their prayers over us. Now I get to tuck Miles in at night. We finished chemo and it's September 24th of 2015 and he's cancer free today. And every little surgery, every scan that shows no cancer and no evidence of disease, um, small groups there to cheer us on and celebrate with us and we can have praise parties and <laughs> we get to live life through trials and we've lived life through celebration and they're amazing and I wouldn't want to do life without them. Small group is preventative. I hope, you, I hope you got that today. It prevents things from getting worse after a fall, as you just saw vividly through the McMillan story. And it prevents things from happening in the first place, certain things. If you got nothing else today, I want you to, I want you to just remember this one idea, okay? This is the one idea I want you to get. You need to do group when you don't need it which a lot of us would probably say right now, yeah, but you know, I don't have a kid who's sick. I don't have any problems right now. Okay, okay. But if you don't do it now, listen, watch what's going to happen. You're not going to have it when you need it. You need to do it when you don't need it so you can have the support when you need it. And you will need it. You will need it. Everybody goes through something. Does that make sense? Everybody go. Every marriage needs support now so that it can have support later. Every person, every single person needs perspective now in their life. Every single one of us needs to have that type of the, the group around us to prevent certain things from happening. And so I wanna challenge you today, if you haven't signed up for a group in this series, to go, uh, to go outside these double doors today and sign up for a group. And it starts the week of September 11th. And I think we have groups meeting on uh, Thursday nights and also on Sunday nights to get started for four weeks here at the Greenwood campus. And so, pretty good? Is that fair? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let me wrap up. Let me wrap up this way. You know, we've been talking about the need for relationships and that God created us to be in relationship with one another and that casual relationships will not cut it. We need to go deeper. 
uh, because casual relationships are not life-giving. But even beyond that, we, we were created to be in a relationship with God. In fact, I don't think we can love each other appropriately until we first learn to love God and be loved by God. And I think that's why the commandments are listed the way they are, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. We can love each other appropriately as we connect with God first and foremost, or primarily. And so if you have not connected with God in a relationship with him, I'm going to explain how in the next few moments to do that. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 17. He said, this is the way to have eternal life, or this is the way to know God. And he basically says, here's what, here's what you need to do. You need to know God, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, through the, the one you sent into the world. And that word know, if you were here last week, I explained it. It means to have experiential knowledge. To know something not just in your mind, but through experience. Having worked with that person, you have knowledge. Having worked with that product, you know how that product works. Having worked with, you know, uh, some type of instrument, you know how that instrument works because you have experiential knowledge. That's what Jesus is talking about when he talks about eternal life. You need to have experiential knowledge to know God, not just know about God. How do you do that? Well, you begin knowing God by putting your confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. You open up your heart with, with a little bit of faith. doesn't take a lot. Jesus said one time, it just takes the faith as, as small as a grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest seed. He said, you need to just open up your heart and put your confidence and trust that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the one who died on the cross for the sins of the world that he is the answer, that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is ultimate reality. And you open up your heart and say, you know what? Jesus, I believe that that's who you are, that you know what this life is all about and you know the best way to live and that you opened up the door for me to live with God and I'm putting my trust and confidence in you. That's what it looks like to have eternal life. And then you begin walking with him every single day. In fact, every moment of the day is really the goal. You have Christ in your heart. You have the Spirit with you at all times, and you're walking with him through every single moment of the day. And that's eternal life, and it begins now. And if you would like to step into that, if you would like to experience that, not just the forgiveness of the sins, but having God with you in this life, walking through your days with you, I'm just gonna invite you to pray a simple prayer of faith. And then I invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. Just reach out to God with your simple faith, your faith based in knowledge, knowledge that Christ came to this earth, he died for your sins on a cross. And three days later, he rose again so that you could be forgiven, washed, and cleansed so that you can be reconciled back to God. Say this to him right now. Dear Jesus, Father, Spirit, I put my trust in you today. I bring my life to you. I, put, I place my faith in you for life, for grace, for forgiveness. I trust you as my savior. That you went to the cross for me. That you bled and you died so I could have life. I believe in my heart that you rose from the dead, conquering the penalty of sin 
for me. I sit in that truth. I rest in that truth for life, for grace, for acceptance, for peace. And I want to live out the rest of my life with you as my companion, my guide, my Lord. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. One of, the, one of the things I love about God is that He is our guide. And life is an adventure. It's sort of like an, ep- an episode of Lord of the Rings, if you really think about it. <laughs> and, and you need a small group around you like they did, like Frodo had. You know what I'm saying? Because life is difficult. But they also had a guide. They had a guide, didn't they? And in this life, you have a guide, and that is the Spirit. And what the Spirit of God does is He uses the Word of God. I'm not kidding. This is literally how it works. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to guide you in your life, to show you how to live through this life, to walk with Jesus, to walk through the valleys and the, and the hills and all the things that life throws at us. And so we want to give you a copy of the Bible today. And there's tables back here to the left and to the right. It's actually the New Testament. If you put your confidence and trust in Christ today, if you began a relationship with him, uh, you can go back there and grab one of these. It's totally free of charge. And here's what we want you to do. We want you to read it. (laughs) We don't want to see it show up in half-price books in a couple weeks, okay? (laughs) We want you to read it, and we want you to begin to take God's word into your heart and mind. And uh, here's what it says. Here's what the Bible says about the Bible. It's crazy. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's a path that shows the way to go in the darkness. I mean, I'm not kidding. When it comes to finances or relationships or, or, or emotions, or, it, it just it shows you the path to go if you will take it into your heart and soul and read it and let God lead you. So let's give the Lord praise today for what he's done. Hey, if you are not in a group, if you are not in a group, man, I did my best today to try to persuade you. If my words fell on deaf ears, just go back to the Macmillan story. Just rehearse what they said. You need to do group when you don't need it so you can have support when you need it. That's how it played out in their life. They couldn't imagine going through their situation without the support and love of their small group. I hope you'll go sign up. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for uh, the call to live in community, to do small group. Thank you for the love and the support, the wisdom, the perspective, the preventative nature of group. I pray that uh, you would give us the wisdom to leverage uh, that truth and that principle in our life. So we don't have to walk through this life alone or lonely or by ourselves or without perspective. Jesus, we love you. Um, I pray for those who put their confidence in you today that you'd help them grow in their faith that you'd give them the courage to go grab the Bible and and, and begin reading and trusting you and walking with you today. We love you so much. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, before you leave really quick, next week is Labor Day, okay? A lot of times people go out of town, and some of you are going to do that, and that's fun. And then a lot of us stay in town, and, uh, and so I have a special talk next week. I've never done a Labor Day talk before. Okay, so I'm really working hard on it. So if you're in town and you're not at the lake or you didn't go somewhere else, bring your friends next week. I'm going to be talking about work and labor and how it connects with the spiritual life. So God bless you. See you next week. Bring a friend.